Welcome to Odyssey. So thrilled and delighted that you guys are here. So thrilled to be here as well. And we're excited for what God has for our city. I'm excited for what God has for each and every one of us who is here, who's listening to my voice, who has a yes for God. Man, just greatest moments of our lives are coming up. And maybe some of you already stepped into it. So welcome aboard. Ephesians chapter 4. How about those stories, right? I love God's stories when God shows up in different ways and different times. Um, man, so I would encourage you guys to begin to look for ways that God shows up, and we'd love to hear, of, hear about it. Uh, we'll be carving more and more time for stories and testimonies like this. And so testimonies is not just how you got saved, but what has God been doing ever since? That's the amazing part of this life with Christ. He just doesn't come up once in a while or when we first get saved and say, all right, you're saved, good to go. And many of us, that's how we live, right? God saved us, we're good. God's like, what? It's like getting married after your wedding day and saying, all right, that's it, back to normal. Not so fast. All right, um, Ephesians chapter 4, we've been here for a while. We're just going to read it because we have a lot to get through today. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And he himself, this is Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers, equipping the saints, which is you and I, for the work of ministry to build up, not build down, but to build up the body of Christ, not ourselves, but the body of Christ, until we all reach unity, not division, in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son. So salvation is just a trigger for getting to know God's Son because He has so much more to be known about Him, to have known about Him. Growing, not just cruising, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness, not mine, not your daddy's or your mama's or your grandma's, but by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be like little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head. Christ. From him, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting leg uh, leg ligament promotes, not demotes, not procrastinates, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself, not just Christ building us, but building ourselves up by the proper working of some who are on the pulpit. By each, say each. Okay, let's do it again. Say each individual part. Each individual part. Got to get that. A lot of times we've, we've put on this part for someone who's teaching or preaching or leading an organization or someone who's more quote-unquote spiritual than we are to do that. No, we're all responsible. God each has given us something to do, and that is really good because purpose and destiny is found in our gifting. And God would not have given us gifts unless there was a destiny associated with the gifting. So he has equipped us to live out a destiny. And most people, most Christians have no clue what the destiny is for their lives. They don't know. And so we've been tackling this, and as we continue, and specifically a big, big thing happening on September 29th, 
That's all I'm going to say because I'll spoil it. But in this series, we've been talking about God through you, and we've talked about Ephesians 11, where God has gifted certain people with different gifts. And we've tackled already evangelist, we've tackled shepherd, we've tackled teacher last week. And those three are kind of the more easier ones for us to kind of grab a hold of. Um, Even though they require us to kind of jump out of the box on some of them and not confine evangelism to like a Billy Graham type or a teacher to just someone who's on stage, or a shepherd care person, just someone who's like running the church organization. The more difficult ones to talk about, to some extent, because we have super spiritualized and mystified, is these last two, the, pro- the prophet and the apostle. And so today I want to tackle um, Jesus the prophet. And wanna, I would want to talk about this gift that you have, and that when you walk into it, then you become the gift to the body as the prophet or the prophetic voice. The prophetic voice is a voice of alignment. Um, And a lot of us, we're afraid of the prophetic. Now, let's be honest. Who's like, when you hear the word prophet or prophecy, you're sitting there like, I just want to be as far away from that as possible. (laughs) Be honest, be honest. One, two, three, four, five, sometimes. (laughs) Uh, So so in the Old Testament, when a prophet was wrong, whenever they predicted something and it did not come true, do, do, do you know what they did? They stoned him. They killed him. So a lot of us are not going to be like, yeah, I want to be a prophet, sure. You have one shot, buddy. One shot to be raw. To be, you have to be 100% right. And so uh, and that's true. In the Old Testament, they did that. Um, and so we've, we've kind of taken the, the Old Testament definition and saying, well, what about the prophets who are wrong right now? Who's ever had a, a wrong word spoken to you by a prophet, quote unquote? Okay, way too many. Okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> I remember uh, when uh, Marie and I got married, uh, Maria got a, a prophetic word, not to marry me, but to marry somebody else. And so, um, because we grew up in a, pla- in a place where there was, the prophets were really well known, like, like it was not like anyone could be a prophet. There was like two or three who were like prophets in our church. And basically what they would do is they would interrupt everything and, and speak this prophetic word to the whole church or to individuals. So um, my experience with the prophetic has been like, you come to church and you're like, God, did I, did I confess all of my sins? Because I would hate for this person to come up and say, the thing that you did last night, <laughs> the Lord sees and now everybody knows. <laughs> you know? so, so we have this thing where we, we, we don't want to be exposed, right? So we, a lot of times we'll st- stay away from certain things. Um, and if you're in the cessationist camp, you're sitting there like, I don't believe in that stuff. And, and, and I understand this, so just bear with me as we, as we kind of talk about all these things, because I think that God is wanting to do something crazy and amazing with this next generation, with this current generation for our city. And it's not a matter of this or that, it's a matter of both and. And so I, I love it. I, I mean, I, I just love it because I talk to most cessationists who are like, the gifts don't work, and it doesn't take much for them to really think that it, it might, because I think they really truly want to believe I really do, but they've had so much wacky experiences, you know, there could be a prophetic voice on, on, the, on the TV station saying, give $127 and your debt will be forgiven, you've got to trust the Lord, and so on into this ministry, you know, and, and so we, it, a lot of times people will prophesy on TV and lay your hands on the thing, and I see this and I see that, and so many times we have shied away from really diving into this prophetic gift. We've got really well the teaching, the shepherding um, and the evangelist thing, like, we're like, okay, not, not, but this prophetic stuff, kind of like, ah, I don't know, I don't know about this. And so I want to just not spend too much time because we will be diving into more and more, but I just want to do a little bit of characteristics of what they may look like. Um, I just, 
I do want to kind of also tie in the Old Testament and stoning. Um, prophetic words, if God tells you to tell, to tell somebody something about, their, you know, about themselves or about their past or something about the future, um, even if you're wrong, it's, it, it's not a matter of saying, okay, now you're wrong, so you're no longer, you no longer have that gift or you should be stoned. Um, the Old Testament stoning was so strict because it was the, the prophetic was not that they were like off, but it was like when the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in, in us right now. But the Holy Spirit, when, it, when the Old Testament, it would come over a person and they would actually prophesy. Like, so it was, it was so, so supernatural that it was not like a regular practice. When a prophet came to your village, everybody was like, what does the Lord have to say to me or to our village? It was like it was like it's correlation. So uh, uh, prophets got stoned whenever they did, when they were there, they were deliberately steering God's people away from the Lord on purpose. So they knowingly know that this is not God, but they're coming in there and they're like, "Well, here's what I'm going to do," and they try to steer God's people into the wrong direction. And so those prophets did get stoned, but that's what it's really more talking about than having someone wrong. Because you have to, this is a gift, just like teaching. Who's ever stoned a teacher before for being wrong? What about a shepherd because he just did not know how to care for a person? Or an evangelist who slipped up or who, you know, who had zero responses? Come to Jesus! Crickets, crickets, crickets. He's a false evangelist. Stone him. We don't, you know, pro the prophetic is, is, is when God comes on you, it's not that God is wrong, but we still have to learn how to discern the voice of God. The Bible says the prophet is subject to his own spirit. That means that God may tell you something, but how you deliver it, what you add to it, what you, you hide is up to you and I. So in that line, I just want to kind of like say, it's all right, just like with all the gifts, we have to mature in them. We have to mature, we have to grow, and we have to have a safe place where we can practice these gifts. We have to have a safe place, and a safe place may not be on Sunday. It's not on the stage and saying, let me give this a shot, you know. No, there's a safe environment, cruise, or even during other places, even sometimes even here, but, but there are safe places. And for us, we want to see people cultivate each gift. And so this is the safest place that I know of where you can actually do something and step in the wrong direction and not be completely, like, banished or stoned with, you know, paper balls or something. But, you, but we'll, we'll allow you to kind of work out the gifts that God has given you. Say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so the prophet has a it's a, it's a voice of alignment. So I want to I'm just going to read a few things just to kind of see if you can connect with it or if you know people who are connect connect with that. And I just want to before I get into it, just there's so many there's uniqueness to each person because each gift does not come out the same way. So if you see a prophet, don't automatically say oh it's not me because of how they do what they do. So instead of saying, like, God, I don't know, and, and see, and, and God will begin to tell you, and I promise you, I promise you, our goal is to have each and every person know what the heck they're gifted with so that you can begin to move into your destiny. People don't want to follow people who don't know where they're going. You come alive when you can be present and give voice to how you see people and their current circumstances. So if you, if you have the prophetic gift, it makes you come alive. You're brilliant at, at encouraging others, literally putting courage in others through dauntless observations you make. So you can look at someone and you just kind of like flood them with, with, with encouragement. You have intu um, intuitive uh, capabilities to see the holes in systems when things are not working or processes that are not effective 
or sufficient or efficient, you really love to ask the question, why? 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 Just save them. Why? Just preach the word. Why? Come to church. Why? Just sing and worship. But why? Read your Bible. But why? You know, so you, you, it's, it's, that's like a fundamental, because you want to know. You're not trying to be arrogant or just divisive. You just really, the why is really, really important for you to see, because, because you want to um, evaluate all this stuff. You are most likely highly creative in some unique way. So this is really interesting um, because a lot of prophets are actually creative people, worship leaders, musicians, artists, painters. They have this creative aspect to what they're doing, and it may not, also, it may not always come out so creatively like, like, you know, um, like, you're like, well, I don't really write a song, but maybe there's other ways that you, you are creative. But one of the traits of a, of a prophet is that, is that they're, they're, they are creative. Um, and they kind of have to be. Like if you, look, if you read through the Old Testament, um, God will give a word to a prophet, and then the prophet then would figure out, how should I portray this? So some prophets went to extreme measures of how they delivered a word. Sometimes God told them how to do it. Sometimes it was really kind of like, you really have to do that. Like there's one prophet, he was like naked for a while. <laughs> and um, if the Lord told you to do that, this place is probably not going to be safe for you to do that. And we'd have to have a conversation and, and really di- you know, discern if it's truly of God. Um, prophet communicates the elements of the spiritual realities in a timely, appropriate way, uh, way. So it really tries to step into the realities of God and, and, and kind of try to, appro- to appropriate it in the context of, of right now. So, so a lot of times, we've got to do this, we've got to do this now. It's not like, oh, let's make a plan. See here, on Easter, maybe we can do it. The prophet's like, no, no, we got to do it now, tomorrow. Like, let's go, chop, 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 chop. And so they, they can come across really, really harsh and really, really like forthcoming. You know, you should be like, yo, sister, back up. You know, <laughs> take a breath. And so you can tell that if, if a pastor who's a shepherd comes in contact with the prophet, there's going to be some tension because you seem like, dude, you have zero love in your heart, your cold heart that's black. I'm going to give you that. I think the Grinch is probably more prophetic than anything else. Because he, he knew what he wanted. He wanted to eliminate. He was confident working from his, from his element, element, but he was just like really like plows through everything. But a prophet seeks to integrate between spiritual realities, like the concept of as is in heaven, to immediately have it also come to be on earth as it is in heaven. This is this desire to connect the two. Uh, prophet is also very questioning, uh, distributes the status quo and challenging and challenges individuals and organizations to move in different directions. So they're always like, blah, 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 let's go. And a lot of times people don't know what to do with them. And so they kind of leave because they think that something's wrong with them. No one's listening to them. And it doesn't help because a lot of, if you're an immature prophet, you're basically, your mindset is, I'm always right. And what a lot of them say is like, you know what? That's what the Lord told me, so you deal it with the Lord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like it's this way or, 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 the, or the highway. Um, and so it could... It could put people on their toes. Um, a prophet is also, also really good at dismantling the status quo. Oh, you're really comfortable? All right. You know, let's figure out how to get you uncomfortable. 
and not in a bad way, but it's all in association with, with you cannot get comfortable with God because God is so deep. He's, there's, there's so much to know, and you're cruising in life. Are you okay? That's kind of like the middle. It's like, no, there's, there's more. We got to plow in. And with that, it's like it inspires people. It inspires people to say, I want to be connected to God like that, but I'm still questioning your Christianity because you're so harsh or you're so forthright or whatever. You're, you know, so um, it, it's, it's, it creates this really you know, almost unease and this tension, and you just don't know why it's there. And sometimes you don't like the person just because of that. And so when you don't like them, you're like, yeah, let's, let's kind of steer away from them. You know, and it may be because they're immature and they're gifting and they just are. So people need to be trained. They need to, need to practice. They need to even know. A lot of people even operate in this gift and they have no clue that that's what their gift is. They think that that's just how they are. Um, maybe even they say this, well, this is just who I am. Deal with it. You know, God made me this way. So it has like this boldness that the teacher may not fully have. The teacher will have a boldness to, to execute or exegesis the scripture and, and be bold with what the Bible says. But aside from that, maybe their life is very kind of like, you know, simple and, and not really so bold. Uh, but the prophet, like you see that boldness, that courageous, like, well, okay, you know, a, a good picture would be like, you know, um, we're, we're, going, we're going to hell. And if we have you know, water guns, it's good enough for me. It's that kind of an attitude where there's like a lot, like it's not, there's not, no fear. And I think the church needs more prophet, prophetic voices to arise because the church is like so bland. So we cannot touch this, we cannot touch that, we can't do this. Why? Because they're, they're you know, they're led by loving pastors and shepherds who just love people. You know, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with it. It just shows that, there's, that you need this love. You need this compassion. But you also need to come in and speak truth to power. Amen. You have to have the strong voice. And we have lost it as, as, as a church in, um, in America. And I think it's really, really sad because all of a sudden our, 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 our country and our children and the churches are like not distinguishable from most social clubs. So we need to change that. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with we've shut the prophetic voices down. And a lot of times, instead of allowing them to be developed and to mature, we shut them down. And I think that's, you know, I understand why we, sh we shut them down. Because they, they can bring a lot of division. They can bring a lot of discomfort. And if you're immature in your gifting, you're just going to plow through everything. And so it's like I, I, the precaution is there. But, but we need to create a, a place where the prophetic can understand that this is what my gifting is. This is how God has wired me to be so upfront, to be so bold. And how do I tame myself to where I can figure out the environment around me and how do I grow in the gifting and, and what are the other elements and the implications of this gifting. It's not as simple as, as, as you know, this, this or that because hearing from God and trying to discern what God is trying to say, you know, in a deeper level, you know, it's kind of like their heart to say, God, what are you saying right now to this group, to this city right now? What are you saying to us right now? And it's not to push the scripture to the side because all of us every gifting every teaching has to be subjected to and submitted to scripture scripture is our authority and i don't care what kind of prophetic mature person that everybody is like you're the prophetic of a hundred if you violate scripture then you've messed up the bible is always going to be king over authority and is a great measuring rod of how do you grow how do you grow um how do you grow more to become more and more mature?
So a mature prophet listens closely to God and humbly communicates it to the church and to people. And if sometimes with a challenge or if it's a corrective word, they will bring it in a very gentle way. Because corrective words, a lot of people are, you know, if you're still trying to figure out your, your thing and your gifting and you're not, you know, still kind of new at this, you, you, you feel like, well, if God told me, then it doesn't matter how I say it because the Lord says it. And if the Lord says it, you got to listen to it. And if you don't listen to it, then you deal it with God, you know? And, and, and it's, it seems like, like if, unless I do it harshly, then it's not of God. Or unless I raise my voice, it's not of God. Or unless I do X, Y, or Z, it's not of God. And the truth of the matter is, is that it could be of God. It could be as gentle as me speaking it to you right now. You know, it, it's, it's not, when, I, when we grew up, I mean, the, 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 prof, the prophets in, in, our, in my church, they, they would basically like rise up and they would overshout every single person. And once everybody's quiet, then they would pretty much yell at the top of their lungs, thus says the Lord. So if you didn't believe them, you were definitely afraid of them. And basically by default said there must be God because it was loud and it was obnoxious. And, it, and even the pastor was like, shut everybody, you know. And so it was like, it would really, and in our church it was kind of like, um, it was very unhealthy uh, because a lot of times the prophetic voice um, was honored more than the leadership of the church. And so when we got married and the prophetic voice told us, told Maria not to marry me, it was like, listen, Maria, you're not going against the prophet here. You're going against God himself. Are you sure you want to do that? So you see how you can really step into it and really be manipulative and just really take advantage of people. And bless the Lord, she said no to God and said yes to me. <laughs> I you're, okay. um, a prophet is usually kind of like it comes down to three different ways that a prophet will speak or, or, or how it will the gift will operate. And I'm saying this is just like a, a launching pad. So, um, but part of it is, and we see this across Old Testament and New Testament, predictive. Things that they speak into the future. Um, Jesus came to being because of prophetic words that were spoken about his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his betrayal. There were hundreds of prophecies that were predictive in its format to predicting the life of Jesus and the birth of the Messiah. There's also a prophet who can come and be a voice of direction, directing a, your, maybe a decision that you're saying, God, I don't know what to do. A prophetic voice could be really strong in, in, in giving you a clear direction, directional type of a thing. We see this happening in Acts, and I can't really read, read into it because we'll be here, for, we'll be here all day, but um, sometimes God will just be really clear on what you need to do. Um, and the direction that we're moving with our church, to me, it's very directive. Like, God, I feel like God is really strongly impressed and spoke the next season of our church like it's so strong that even if someone offered me a million dollars for me to step aside it really would be me listening to God or me or me taking funds like it's that serious and I've never really had it so strong um, you know even when we launched the church in 2012 um, I felt like it was like it was like you know God leading us and kind of directing us but we were we were like so mature in everything and right now we're super mature in everything um, <laughs> Um, okay, not too loud laughing. Um, 
but we were, we were just, you know, I think we just had like a drive for God to do something amazing, and we didn't really care whether we succeeded or failed. We didn't care how it looked like. We didn't care whether we knew what we were doing. We didn't have enough people to do anything. We just, you know, let's come worship. And I'm, I'm telling you, like, one of my, one of my like, lower gifting is a teacher. And some of you are like, yeah, we figured that. And, that, <laughs> and, and, and that's okay. Sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, you know, I can deliver something really good. But a lot of times, that's, that's, I wouldn't say that's like my strongest, my strongest gift. But I went from no speaking to speaking every single Sunday when we launched the church. And so I've had a lot of time to develop this, this gift because trust me, we have a few people who are still here. But I had like sessions of the church of corrective from prophetic voices, <laughs> like brutal, harsh, immature prophetic voices saying, listen, dude, listen, maybe we need to hire someone to come and speak next week. Um, so predictive, directive, um, and then corrective. A lot of times we, we, don't, we hate to be corrected, and a lot of times we hate to be corrected because we've been corrected in a very harsh way. You know, we need like a shepherding approach, but then the prophetic voice to come and correct. A shepherd's not going to correct you all that, well, all that much. It's not, that he, he, it's not that he agrees with you, but he's just going to come or she's going to come. They're just going to love you, love you, love you, and let the Holy Spirit work in you. But a prophet is going to be like, what the heck are you doing? You better stop. <laughs> like, that's wrong. Like, like, cut it out. Like, what's your problem? Like, are you crazy? You know, uh, you know uh, and, and so, <laughs> so if a church is, is, you probably find a lot of prophets in the military. Let me say it that way. Okay, Luke 24, 13 through 27. Uh, uh, let's see, should I read? Because we, we're, there's a story. There's a story in this. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to paraphrase. This is after Jesus resurrected. Um, and actually, let's let's go all the way to the to the very end because I want to I want to highlight something. Um, let's go straight to verse twenty five. So the road to Emmaus is two 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 guys walking. They're debating like, man, we thought this guy was the Messiah, and he failed us. And they're just walking, and Jesus kind of kind of shows up, and 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 uh, he's basically asking, hey, why are you guys so like sad about? It? And they're like, what? Are you the only person in Nazareth who has not, or in Israel, Israel Jerusalem, who has not? heard what's happening so, so he's like what, what things and he goes man the things concerning this jesus of nazareth fella who was a prophet powerful in action and speech before god and all the people and how and then they describe what happened and it's pretty cool verse 25 jesus uh he says to them um how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken so he's kind of correcting them like you guys read what the prophets said right wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer? So now he's repeating what already has, what was predictive and has come to pass. So wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then Jesus did, and he took this prophetic gift, he stepped into it, says, then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, he interpreted for them the things concerning, and I love this, himself. Just, he talked about himself. And he began to kind of dissect this whole thing for them. And I think it's really powerful because we see that Jesus had been the, like the, the prophet. And, he, and when you begin to look at his life through the prophetic lens, if you're gifted in this area, Scripture will begin to come alive and you'll be able to relate to so much more of the Scripture because it's going to be connecting with you more and more and more. And, we, and we've been talking about this situation with a Samaritan woman at the well. And we've been reading it over the last few weeks. And I would encourage you to read it because I'm not going to have time to fully read the whole uh, story. 
Um, but who, 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 ha who was here the last couple of weeks? Pretty much knows the story. Who, I'm, I'm going to ask, who does not know the story of the Samaritan woman at the well? Okay, and you're probably like, it's me, but I'm not going to raise my hand. Okay, good. good. <laughs> but the story is found in, um, in, in John chapter 4, so I'd highly just encourage you to just to kind of go home and read it. But we see the prophetic Jesus come, come out with this woman whenever he, um, and you hear the story, like she's, she's at the well with Jesus, and, um, and he begins to, you know, talk to her. And, he, and he, he weaves from the evangelistic to the shepherding to the teacher. And then he gets into the prophetic thing, which really kind of like, and this is what a prophet does. It kind of like stops you at, at like, you're sitting there like, oh, wait, what? So she's talking about all this stuff, having a casual conversation. And Jesus is like, okay, go get your husband. <laughs> she goes, yeah, I got no husband. He's like, you're right. You had five, and this one that you're with right now is not your husband. That just, whoa. And she says it, so I see that you're a prophet. <laughs> I see you're a prophet. And that is the scariest part to be because all of a sudden nothing is hidden. Nothing is hidden. And, and G for Jesus specifically, for us, God is going to hide stuff because you're not God. And he's not going to give you information about, on people for you to take advantage of them. But... But you see that through the Spirit, God gave insight to Jesus, who's on earth as man, to know about her situation. And then later on we read that she left, and then she went and began to evangelize in her village. And what she told him was, come, see this man who has told me everything she didn't say look he told me about the messiah he taught me about worship he you know he loved me he didn't she didn't say any of that what really struck her was that come and see he told me everything about me that's like amazing insight that Jesus says that there is a way when there's a prophetic that God will come up and he'll, and he'll, 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 he'll impress on you. Um, and it can be as simple as you're thinking of someone's name and you're saying like, I need to call this person. And you call them and, and, and they're like, oh man, thank you for calling. I needed this phone call. That was a prophetic that God was giving you something internal. Or, or have you ever had like a knowing about something? You know, where you, you walk into a situation, into a room and you're like, that person, something's wrong with a person. And then because you've been, you know, grown up in a place where you just want to love everybody, you kind of dismiss that. But then time, as it works its way, and time tells a lot of things, you seem to like, I always knew this. I don't, oh, and you get so excited. You know, well, why? And it's not because of some of your gut feeling that you're sitting there like, oh, it was just me. No, it was God's gifting in you, trying to burst out of you and giving you tastes of what it is. So as you begin to look at your life, look at those moments where you're sitting there like, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that. You know, or when someone, maybe someone who called you at the right time or texted you or took you out for a coffee. There's a powerful, powerful voice. Speak life into your situation. Speak the truth into your situation. Not just love on you, but be able to say, hey, this may hurt you, but I love you so much, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I know for me, like, I have to do this more often than I would like because to me, I know that I love people, and if I lose friendships because I ask them a bold question, or I question what they're doing, or, or I try to do whatever, for me, like, you know, I, I just kind of say it, and, 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 and I, I don't care. My, my shepherding just goes way down here, and I'm just like, 
You want to be loved? Come and see some people in our church. They'll love you back. Uh, actually, come and see Maria. Come and see Maria. Maria comes after me and cleans up sometimes. Um, so what was cool, so, so that based on the Jesus' prophetic gift that he shared with this woman, like what was most important to her, I don't believe that Jesus went and said, all right, let me tell you everything. When you were born, this and this, when you this, and, and literally everything. I think Jesus touched on the things that were just completely at her foresight and in front of her that no one else knew or saw. Because she was not like, she was not different from a lot of us. Where we come and we put a face on, we get our water, we go to Ingalls, we smile, things are good. You know, imagine if someone comes come to you with a prophetic voice and says, listen, the thing that you're struggling with, the question that you ask God, God just wants me to tell you that X, Y, and Z, and such, and such, and such. And people do this, and I've seen people do this. And, and you hear stories from when people come up to other people and speak things into their life that no one else knew. It's really, 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 really amazing. You know, it's a gift to the person, but the person then becomes the gift to the body. That's how we grow, corrective, directional, and even predictive. You know, we've had prophecies given about our church that we'll be sharing in months to come, bits and parts, some things that have already come true. So this was like a predictive, now, today, type of a prophetic voice it was predictive it was saying here's what i see happening boom 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 and we're like yeah i don't know about that one that would be cool and we've like dissecting it all and then we're looking back and say yeah that came true that came true that came true that i don't understand yet this is still yet to come true so to me like i tell i tell people who are cessationists they don't believe that they believe that god's 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 word is only in the bible to me i'm just I'm, I'm, listen when you say, I feel like God's telling me or leading me to go to this school or to do this or to do that, what do you think that is? Did you, not, you didn't find it in the Gospel of John. No, of course not. But we have put on this thing of the prophetic is like this guy who's abusive and it's in his or their authority or power. And so if you want to know the perfect way to display your gift, Jesus is your guy. Jesus is your guy, and he's in different circumstances, in different situations, and his giftings just flow in and out of all these different gifts. And this is why the church, one of the purposes of the church is to become the full expression of Jesus on earth, the fullness of Christ. This is what differentiates the church from any other nonprofit organization or any other cause or any other social clubs. People need to come to a church and come for church and say, God shows up here, and I don't know how, but I just know that God is here. And not just a feely presence because of the song, but I'm talking about diving into a person's life where it's so tangible that it actually impacts your life. We have to move away from this feel-good nonsense that we are always grabbing hold and making that our substance. And feelings and emotions, they're God-given they're even used to enhance your gift because you'll feel this way, you'll feel that way. Those are great things. But if that is all you base on, whether it's of God or not, then you'll miss God a lot and you'll go the wrong ways a lot because your feelings are not always correct. You know, and so God wants to come bring, it, bring all of this together. This is why he breathed it specifically for the church and he just didn't give Peter all of these. And he says, Peter, I give you all of it because you are going to launch the church. No, he says, for some I breathe this, for some I breathe this, for some I do. 
And then this is why the church was able to be started. This is why they were able to, against all the odds, where, where's the Roman Empire right now? We see some of its thread, but as we knew it in the Jesus' time, it's no longer here. Where are all the Christians right now? Alive and well, kicking and changing the world. You know? Okay. Um, so, question and we'll be done. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss the 29th. Because I'm, I'm, just, I'm just teasing a lot of this stuff out. And I promise you, I promise you that the things that God wants for us to accomplish, if you allow God... If you allow the, this expression of church, a year from now, you will be shocked at what God will do through you. I think he will, suppress, he will surpass even your imagination if you allow him. That's what Ephesians says, beyond what you can imagine. So it's kind of like having your seven-year-old kid. Well, Noah does this to me. He goes, Dad, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. And he has all these ideas. And I'm like, Wow. You're cute. <laughs> because as a father, I know that all the things that he wants to do, I may say no or hold on, but I know that I'm just trying to carve the right path so that when he gets on it, he's going to become even more successful in his destiny and his purpose than all the dreams that he thinks are so massive right now at his 11th year. Um, so I just want to ask this question. Um, and um, who feels like, what today was more like, you're like, I can see myself in that, that may be my gift. And raise your hand. One, two, three. Don't be ashamed. Raise it high. Okay. Who knows somebody, thank you, who knows somebody where you're like, I can identify a few of my friends who, again, they were so whatever, whatever, now I see they're immature. But don't go tell them that they're immature and they're gifting. Just say, I got to figure out an approach to my buddy who's, who, who, who fits this. Anybody, just raise your hand again so I can see. So do you, do you see how it's, it's nothing where I'm sitting there like, hey, I'm going to give you something fresh and new. It's in Ephesians. And it's laced throughout Scripture. 